Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. another episode of the reality is as always it's newer and i'm here with my brother raheel today to talk about the crown the crown are hello. you still muted oh oh hello how's it going it's going it's going mm-hmm. do you feel like a totally average socially and absolutely overweight workaholic doctor <laughs> they did my guy a little bit dirty there she also <laughs> calls him a frog Oh my god. Okay, can't wait to talk about it. So we're talking about <laughs> episode 7 of The Crown season season 5. It's called No Woman's Land. It's a very it's an all Diana episode. And I don't quite know how I feel about the portrayal of Pakistanis on this episode. So it's a portrayal of this particular Pakistani, right? Mm, um, yeah. Uh and I guess Martin Bashir is also a Pakistani that they portray. Yes. But I think Martin Bashir, like, did you have any thoughts about Martin Bashir before watching this episode? I mean, I remember watching the Michael Jackson interview that he did that, like, it is it true that, like, now I'm watching this whole episode and I'm like, wait, is Martin Bashir just a fucking liar? Like, Mar- Martin Bashir is a dick. He is a liar. He's, he's a piece and, of shit. Yeah, yeah, he's, it's actually criminal, the stuff that he pulled. So yeah, he's I mean, a terrible person. He's a terrible, terrible person. Um, it's, just, it's not just that. Like later on, Diana has this like conversation with Dr. Hasmat Khan about like, you know, his uh, about Pakistani family values versus royal family values. And I was like, I don't like the conversation mm-hmm. that's happening here. Oh, I'd um, like to. I, actually, I was going to. I mean, I'm sure we we're going to get to that to that part of the episode. But I did find it interesting. Hmm. You just didn't like it. I didn't like that. Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> we open up this episode. It's called No Woman's Land. And it opens up on Diana navigating life as a separated woman. You know, she's like in the limbo. She's not a royal. She's not normal. Which is like, LOL, Diana. Your fucking brother is Earl Lord Spencer. Like, what is normal even to you? Anyway, she's she's just venting to her acupuncturist. And then also we see Martin Bashir doing his research There's like a couple things happening this episode. You have like Diana 
trying to get uh, some dick. Uh, Martin Bashir trying to get Diana. And William is starting school at Eton. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get to the Diana and Martin Bashir of it all, there's the scene where William is uh, goes into like his first day at Eton and he sits down, he writes his name, and then he's like, looks at his mom and he's like, I think I messed up. And she's like, no, it's fine. And I was like, didn't, didn't Charles just do that? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of also. He just did that. And he's being yeah. such a dick to Diana. He's being so yeah. mean. But I have to ask you. Is Diana a little clingy? So this is the part of the season where I was like, it. it so there's two things that happen in this episode, right? I think the first part is we see Diana like the public figure, the mm-hmm. one that I remember the most because yeah. I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13 mm-hmm. when that mm-hmm. Diana came into, to, into the public. Mm-hmm. So I saw that. And then the second part is you do realize that, um, Apparently, she was kind of annoying. Is that what they were getting at? But then again, you know, it, it is that thing about like, she got married when she was 19 to the future king of England. She lived this extremely sheltered life. Um, even before then, she lived a pretty sheltered life. How do you get a personality? Like, how do you make a personality under those circumstances? I think um, because we see later on in the episode, her interacting with uh, both uh, uh, the doctor, but also mm-hmm. patients around the hospital, right? Yeah. I At least I think the way that they try to show it, she seemed like a genuinely nice person who did enjoy doing that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so. I, I don't think like Diana did things like altruistically though. Like I don't think that, I think that for her, it was really feeling important and needed because I think that when she came into um the royal family they were like you know the outside of the world the whole world thought like oh she's this big person and she's like she's the apple of everyone's eyes and all that stuff but what she was being told in her family or in her marriage was like you need to be quiet and you need to like stay back and you can't have the limelight and you're not of any use and you're not really going to do things that are necessarily important to you right so i feel like even though like she goes around and she like met with these families and stuff when she's at the hospital and she's meeting them, she's mostly just stalking the doctor. She is. She's, she is out there on the prowl. Um, that is what they show. But I mean, at the same time, like it's like, okay, I don't think maybe she wasn't doing it 100% altruistically. Um, but the families that got to meet her and got to have a conversation with her or whatever, that's it a nice story. Changed lives. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. like a nice memory. So all right, you know. so so the episode starts uh, after the opening, whatever. Uh, Martin Bashir, um, he's uh, he's he's basically making up a bunch of fake documents to try to get a meeting with Lord Spencer. What's his uh, name? William Spencer is that his name or I, Charles Spencer? I, I believe it's Charles. Charles Spencer, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. the Earl, Diana's brother, and he basically uh cons these people into this idea that um all of these stories that are coming out of like leaked conversations are coming out because people within the crown are working with uh the news media and working with security and working with spies and MI6 and all this stuff like he basically he makes them paranoid and i like 
it's funny because like obviously we've watched other episodes where we're like, oh, obviously they were listening in on Diana's conversations. Like obviously these people were trying to kill like that doctor, the other doctor that she was friends with, right? Like the institution is a bad place. But this guy just like makes stuff up and gives it to them as evidence. And I was just like flabbergasted how he's not in jail. Yeah, apparently there's been some I, – I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but there's some reason. I think there may be like a medical reason or something that they haven't like pushed to prosecute him or something like that because he's retired now. And I think the statute of limitations have passed for whatever that crime was. Um, and then I think the other thing is like, uh, you know, we saw it in the last episode also, uh, but the British media seems like a terrible thing. Like that awesome. phone hacking thing that Martin Bashir kind of alludes to when he's meeting with uh, uh, Lord Spencer, that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Like they were doing that. And then they were, they did it again, I think later on in like the 2010s or the 2000s or whatever, where they were hacking celebrities' phones and like yeah. listening to their calls and voicemails and stuff like that. It's super fucked up. I'm just like so confused about like, like the, the, I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm confused and annoyed by it because there's all this like stuff in print. Right. But like, also I feel like, isn't that just what like do do moi is? <laughs> do you know what do moi is real? Is that the gossip website on Reddit? It's not even on Reddit real. It's an Instagram account. Oh, okay. And and it's like super it's huge. It like went bananas during COVID. But the wildest thing about Dumois, this is the craziest thing about Dumois, is that like you can post an anonymous comment or like send an anonymous thing about a celebrity that you ran into. So people will just make shit up. They'll be like, you know, uh whatever. The Tom Hanks scene drinking baby's blood on Melrose. And this lady will just like post it up mm-hmm. for content. I, I don't know what kind of verification process they have, but there's I think there's no, also none, none, none. no, no, none. <laughs> Is there any verification process? No, there's none. no verification process. <laughs> um, so things like that exist. And um, in terms of privacy, they're obviously bad right i think this is stuff that we've been talking about i think two weeks ago maybe i said Mm -hmm. that you know i don't trust any gossip that's out there because i think you know obviously i don't think celebrities want this level of um of insight into their private lives obviously but they do want some level right like it's a it's a thing to be in like us uh, weekly i don't even know if us weekly is the same as it was like in the early 2000s or it's, whatever but. it's not really but it still does exist but yeah but you know you remember like that type of like mm-hmm. media coverage right mm-hmm. like so you would see that people knew that something like that would uh, existed and then depending on your status as a celebrity if you were like an a plus a celebrity you wouldn't bother talking to us uh, us weekly but if you were like a c-list celebrity you would talk to us weekly but from what I understand, the A plus list celebrities also like they also like massage that relationship in yes, certain ways. They course. would get information out there. So you know, for me, uh, this level like obviously hacking somebody's phone is fucked up. That's just a crime. Yeah. Um, but people also manipulate it. So I don't know. I mean, I think 
Um, I think the the pros of being a very rich, famous celebrity um, far outweigh the cons of being a rich, famous celebrity because oh, okay. I thought okay. the, you're going to go in the other direction. No, no, because you know, for me, the richness <laughs> makes a big difference. Having really? not been I a rich person, I thought you would person. not care for the richness. I feel like you would like not know what to do with that wealth. So it's not about having wealth to spend on luxury stuff for me. Um, it's the sense of ease. Like you would that still you go get. to Quick Check. No, exactly. So I mean, you know, <laughs> we've uh, we've had uh, we've had um, an adventurous last, I'd say, ten to fifteen years. Um, yes. And so, you know, I've been in a situation, I've felt situations, I think we all have to some degree where obviously we're not poor, poor, right? Like I always know where I'm going to get my next meal from. Mm -hmm. But I've also been in situations where I've had to really been like, okay, shit, how am I going to make rent next month? Like that Mm -hmm. is that has been a Mm -hmm. real concern or like, hey, I'm at a place now. I'm not really sure if the gas is going to get me there. Like those are those have been concerns, right? So I think the sense of ease or like the like the that that is worth it to me. So yeah, you give stability. Me like stability, ten million dollars, where I never have to worry about mortgage again. And I'm not changing my house or anything, but just the fact that I don't have to worry about that monthly bill going out or taxes or stuff like that. That's what I'm. Yeah, for. yeah, I guess, I suppose. I was just talking to Arthi about this earlier, where uh, we were talking about like I would love to be in a situation where I. I can just show up to things and things will be done. Like the what convenience. Does that mean? Like a murder? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like I just show up to things and I don't have to worry about uh about things not being completed or like tasks not being done. Like I would love to just like know that things are handled. I guess what I want is a personal assistant. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think I'd still want to be doing stuff. I'll give you a real life example. So um, our brother is in Uh Qatar right now watching the semifinal and the final of the World Cup. Right. It sounds like it's an amazing time. He was just able to do it. He was able to get a ticket, fly there. He's going to watch the games and he's going to come back. That is not a financial reality for me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is for him. I think that's the level of like, okay, if I want to go watch the World Cup, in a country half a world away, I don't even have to think about it. I can just mm. that that's what he did. Uh, he yeah. had to plan for it and all those other things. But that's the like that's how rich I'd like to be, where I can do things like that. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I want a shore house, and I want like season tickets to like the Eagles. Like that's yeah, exactly. it. That's all I want. Would, Some giant. You have- know, I, honestly, I. Don't tell my husband this. I'd be fine with giant season tickets. Of course. They're right here. There's, they're like 25 <laughs> minutes away. Why the yes, fuck would you like drive two and a half hours? I don't have to drive all, all the way two and a half hours to Philly. And then you're always like, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. Philly's not too. Oh, it's only two and a half hours. And then once you start driving, you're like, my God, it's still so long. The so, turnpike you know, goes on forever. <laughs> and it's not really the drive there. It's the drive back that gets me. The last time I went with your oh husband God. last year, the drive back, I thought I died. On, oh my god! No, bike. just getting out of the stadium. Oh my god, it's the worst. <laughs> Add in an hour and ten to just get out of the stadium. That's it. Exactly. So the level of rich I want to be is, you know what? There's a game in Philadelphia on Sunday. You know what? We're gonna stay overnight at a hotel in oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. And then you know, take Monday off. Who gives a shit? Nobody. 
I got PTO days up the ass. Even if I don't show up, it's fine. Oh my god! Yeah, and like a shore house. I want a shore house. You are stuck on the shore house. <laughs> it's such. A, it's so New Jersey. You know what? I want to retire. I want a shore house, and I want a city condo. That's all I want. That's all I want. Uh, what more could a girl ask for? I don't want to get off topic here, but the shore house um, that comes up in The Sopranos. Oh, maybe the best episode ever. Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm episode two into season two. Anyway, we're not talking about The Sopranos. And honestly, I don't remember how we got on this topic. But um, Princess Diana. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She's considering, uh, she's worried that she is, uh, you know, her phones are tapped, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Martin Bashir is making up evidence and he's meeting with the, with her brother and all this stuff. And he's just trying to convince uh, him to get an interview with Diana. Diana, her acupuncturist husband goes into surgery and Diana being the uh, doted friend goes to uh, sit with her in the surgery. Very kind, very nice of her. So that like seems to me like a purely selfless act, like just being nice because she feels like that's something she should do. And then she eye fucks this doctor who comes out and gives this woman horrible news, like very scary news. There's like hemorrhaging, like we barely made it with your husband Things are bad. And Diana is just there like biting her lip and like showing her eyes and looking him up and down, reading the name on his shoes, which is weird. Like she's just enamored. And then like my notes here say Diana can't read the room. She Well, so I think obviously you appreciate the princess of Wales to show up for you as you're waiting in the waiting room. Yeah. But just as a friend, she seems like a terrible friend to comfort you. Like, you know, I know she's nice to, like, the other people because they're meeting the royal, right? She, yeah. They're meeting the princess. Yeah. But if you're a buddy, she seems like the worst person to have, at, like, in that setting with you. She has the terrible yeah. questions. She's like, wasn't he so hot? She called him, like, a, a snack or something. I don't know. She didn't call him a snack. But she used some term. She was, like, called him a beefcake or something. I don't know what the yeah. term was. And then she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, the doctor. What do you think? He's Pakistani? What do you think his deal is? I'm like, the lady's like, I don't care. Um, the only <laughs> thing I care about is my husband's life, you weirdo. And she's like, yeah, I feel like he's Pakistani. He looks like it with a name like that. Like, what is wrong with you, Diana? Uh, so this is the first time we meet the good doctor, played by yeah. uh, Humayun Saeed. Oh, yeah, Humayun Saeed. Very it's famous like Pakistani actor. Super famous Pakistani actor. Like, you know, he's uh, he's just he's been all he's been a staple on Pakistani television for like the last twenty five years. Mm-hmm. And he's like a very big side. Do you know about our families? Uh, oh, this maybe we can post this on. How do you pronounce that gossip uh, Instagram? Du mois. Yeah, du, our can. Our connection to Humayun Sayyid, our gossip connection to Humayun Sayyid, do you know about it? No. So, you know, Humayun Sayyid owns um, a clothing uh, shop. Like, yeah. Humayun Sayyid, Gurtas are a big yeah. deal or whatever. Yeah. Our father, mm-hmm. uh, Daddy Shamim, once mm-hmm. called up and yelled at Humayun Sayyid because... The, the man himself? <laughs> Apparently. So that's the story. That's, that's how the story has been told um. to me. <laughs> they were in Pakistan. He was getting a Sherwani made. Daddy was making getting a Sherwani made. Yeah. And apparently the style that they made it in, 
the buttons were on the wrong side or something like that, or maybe like the tailoring was off. <laughs> so the story is, is that he called up the shop to complain. And apparently Humayun Said was there. Uh, this is at a time when there was only one Humayun Said shop. I think shop, now there's yeah. like, now yeah, they're like all over the, place, the yeah. all over the world. Right. And apparently he got on the phone with Humayun Said and he yelled at him and he said, this isn't how you make the Shirwani. And then Humayun Said said, I'm sorry, uncle. Why don't you bring it back in? And then they fixed it for him. This is a bad look for our father. <laughs> I think it's a great look for our father. He got his money. You know, it's a great look for Humayu Said. I think everybody came out a winner in this. Other than the poor tailor who probably got fired. Yeah. like He definitely got fired. 100%. Also, buttons over buttons? Come on. Come on, Daddy Jimmy. What are you doing? Um, I just also am cracking up because I'm, I wonder if on the other side it wasn't Hamayu Said and it was just like some clerk that works. There. It was just like, some dude. Yeah. It's me. It's, hello, it's me, Hamayu. Can you tell? <laughs> you just have a guy there who just takes all the angry phone calls by pretending he's Hamayu Said. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, I was excited to see his dumbass on this show. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I was genuinely happy. What did you think of the doctor? This is where I was like, okay, how, like as a Pakistani man being lusted after. What did you think about all that? First of all, I would not lust after this man. So she she basically, she's really enamored by him. And then the storyline of the doctor is that she stalks him. And then she gets a vending machine date out of him and they're sitting and they're talking and then eventually they go to see Apollo 13 together and she she snags a little kissy poo out of this man. Listen, about being lust, like a Pakistani man being lusted after, I think every, first of all, I think everyone deserves to be left, lusted after, okay? Yeah, buddy. I think that I feel like when you are lusted after by somebody who is uh, actually your type is a fantastic feeling. So I think that if everybody was to get that gift of lust, of being lusted ever after, I would, uh, that's the gift I would give to the world. Not world peace, but to be lusted after. <laughs> Just to be hornied after. Uh, yeah, but in a respectful way, because you know what? Women are often lusted after in ways that are inappropriate. I'm talking about a, a, a wanting lust and in a welcome lust. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, um, yeah. No, so for, the, you know, this, this Pakistani portrayal, like this character, it's mm -hmm. a very specific type of Pakistani man, right? I think we mm -hmm. grew up calling that an uncle look. Right, like, I still call that it is, uncle, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the fear that all Pakistani men have. I think men of our age is that how quickly we're gonna start looking like uncles that we grew up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, seeing or whatever. And he looks Would you like say an the uncle. equivalent of that is like a dad bod, like the American I, equivalent of a dad bod. So that's what I was thinking about, right? Because there are there is like this like uh, fetishization of dads. Um, but maybe that's just in the in, in like the videos I like that I watch. I like the way you're put your, yeah. but I also <laughs> like the way you're saying fetishization as if it's like something inappropriate. Like it is inappropriate. Why isn't it? <laughs> it's inappropriate in the same way that like fetishization of or milfs is inappropriate, which is a, like an accepted level of inappropriateness. I think everybody's okay with that. Everybody understands it, but it is still inappropriate. It's, it's whatever. Get out of here. Stop making it a bigger thing than it is. Okay, it's just a bunch of. <laughs> 
No, so, but that look, I've never, growing up, I was never like, oh, that is something that's hot. There is a certain type of Pakistani man that I I kind of understand being desired. Obviously, I'm not talking about, like, the model look or whatever. But, like, you know, like, very rich, kind of, like, British-educated Pakistani businessmen that speak with, like, a kind of a sort of a British accent on some words or whatever. I can understand how, like, that kind of profile is lusted after. And uncle, to me, was never lusted after. And he is 100% uncle in this uh, this portrayal. Like, there's nothing like sexy about him and diana keeps saying stuff and she's like that's quite sexy actually and i was like where how what is happening like i don't understand like i get it that your ex-husband was fucking charles but like i certainly you have been with hotter guys we know you have you were sleeping around with other dudes so why this man i'm just still very confused about why she decided to go for this man i thought like watching this i'd get some insight into it but i was just like i don't know and then also like something about that conversation she has later at her house of like you know um or no at the vending machine date when they're like sitting and talking or whatever and uh she talks about going to pakistan in 1991 and it was amazing and she got to like see the culture And she immediately talks about like, oh, I thought about how nice it would be to be there and live there and spend the rest of my life there uh, married to like a nice, a handsome Pakistani man, right? But like there was something about like, you want to talk about fetishization. Like I do think that there was this like way that she talks about being Mm -hmm. about Pakistan. Um, Even later uh, when she meets Martin Bashir and she asks him where he's from and he's like England. And she's like, did you speak Urdu or Punjabi growing up? And he's like, English. Like, Diana, even, like, in her conversations with her, although I guess that was, like, uh, that was, like, improv, but in her conversations with uh, um, Muhammad al-Fayyad, right? Like, it's – Diana still, at the end of the day, was a rich white lady who yeah. – Like, it's – you know what it's giving? It's giving Gwyneth Paltrow goop, okay? It's, like, <laughs> very, like – Oh, let me talk to you about a couple of things I know about Pakistan because, like, I totally – like, I have one of my very, very dear friends dated an Indian guy once, and she kept talking about how much she loved Dal. I was like, this is not the thing. <laughs> you know, so, no, like, so- that's what I feel like Diana is doing here. Like, do you really care about this guy or are you just, like, wanting to, like, break the rules and be with, like, a total fucking dud, like a Pakistani dud? Well, I don't think he, I don't. Well, first of all, the, in the interest of, I mean, let's be fair to Doctor Khan. He is a doctor at the end of the day. I, I don't, he's you know, okay, he, fine, sure. He, he's he is a you know he's a he's a pretty I guess renowned person um, in that sense. Um, I think there is something to like the being attracted to the exoticness, right, which um, exists in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I have a friend who's going out with a white lady right now, which is kind of all we talk about. Um, is, you know, how she's probably talking about the brown man to her family um, because it's very obvious. Like, we've met her twice, and it's very obvious that that's what she's excited about. Um, I can see for somebody like Diana, who has been pretty much trapped in, like, the most white 
yeah whiteness you could yeah. you know you can imagine um and i mean i mean that like in the negative sense is you know just like the height of whiteness yeah. there's nothing that gets whiter than uh, the supremest white possible <laughs> the supremest white, yeah then yeah. then you know the, the the queen of england or the king of england or whatever mm-hmm. seeing you know somebody who's different um maybe seeing somebody maybe the fact that he is from a famously colonized territory is exciting mm-hmm. you know that stuff maybe, exists yeah. i think i think it's annoying but you know i wonder you and i as pakistanis having seen uncles growing up we're just like it's just an uncle i wonder if there's other like watchers and listeners that aren't pakistani that watch this and we're like oh that man is a snack yeah, like, did you, please let us know if you're listening to this. When you're watching this episode, did you see Humayun Saeed as Dr. Hasnam Khan and go, oh, I could see that. I'd like, I'd like to yell at that man about the buttons on my Shirwani. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the same time, like I was watching the, the Muhammad Al-Fayyad episode and I was like, oh, is Dodi cute? <laughs> so I don't know, like maybe. Maybe it's just because it's Hamayu say to me and to me, like guys that look like that just remind me of my dad. And like, it's weird because I feel like one day my husband's yeah. going to grow up to look like that. Like at some yeah. point that's going to happen. And then I'm going to be stuck. I hope not. <laughs> you want to talk about a personality dud? That guy's a dud. All he's got <laughs> is are his looks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why the drive back from Philly to Jersey after is so painful. That's what you realize. Yeah, that's what you realize. <laughs> you know, on the way he's there, dark. you see he's ex- he's excited about the yeah. game or whatever. Yeah. On the way back, yeah. you're like, oh, you have nothing yeah. to talk about. It's nighttime, and you can't even look at his beautiful face anymore. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, um, they kiss. Apparently, Pakistanis are upset about it. Are they? Because I wrote yeah. that as a, like a sarcastic note that he kissed her on the mouth and now he's going to hell. I hope it was <laughs> worth it. I hope I hope the two uh, Netflix episode check was worth it, Humayun said, because now you are going to hell. Um, as I understand it. That's yeah. As you- <laughs> <laughs> the way that we were raised, we should tell people, like growing up, first of all, I have never, I had never seen a even people kissing in Bollywood movies, but in Pakistani dramas, they didn't even like drama serials, basically soap operas. Like if a couple was married, they didn't even have them sitting on a bed together. Like if they were married, typically it was husband sitting on a bed, wife standing over the bed or wife laying on the bed, husband kind of standing nearby. They would never even put two people on a bed together because of the implication of all that. So no hugs, no kisses, nothing. Yeah. Dr. Khan here, copping a feel of her heart. We know yeah. we know the game you're playing, buddy. Yeah. Also, yeah. Diana's like, where's my heart? Shut up, Diana. <laughs> you don't know where your fucking heart is? Where's my sternum? Can you touch it? <laughs> Does my heart sound good? It sounds terrible. You're muted, buddy. And so it, it, she's, she talks about how um, it's been broken into a million pieces. Yeah, shut Come up, on, Diana. Diana. Get a fucking grip. Diana, you know what? You know what? You need a hobby, okay? Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. It's just so, it's like, I feel bad for her because I feel like at this time when this is uh, shown, like, this is, she's what, 33, 32, maybe? Yeah, probably like ninety mid nineties. 
Yeah, probably yeah. 33, 34, something like that. Yeah, she's she's young. She's a young person. I, I do feel like Diana was like emotionally stunted, you know, like I think that she, you know, when you get married at 19 and then this is the thing that happens where like you suffer some sort of trauma, you sometimes kind of, uh, you don't, you, you stop growing up. Like that's exactly. the age that yeah. your brain, you know, expands to. So I feel like, yeah, for her to be acting like a 19 year old who's like, I don't know where my heart is. <laughs> How does surgery work? You use needles? <laughs> what kind of knife are you using? Like a kitchen knife or like a <laughs> like what kind of weird I just love that he's like, all right, I will <laughs> detail you with the uh the details of surgery. Like what a dork. Yeah. He's such yeah. a dork. You know what? He's such a dork and she's such an idiot that I'm like Maybe that's why he didn't really want to end up being with her like long term is because she's kind of dumb. So I was wondering about, so let's say you take out, let's say if he was actually in love with her or whatever, and she gets married to him. You think that marriage survives? She moves back to Pakistan? No, like, yeah, she'd I mean, get over it. She'd get over it? Yeah, so, like uh, her being, so that conversation she has about, I, the ideals of a royal marriage and what the Pakistani values of marriage are. She's describing all mm-hmm. these things that she went through, right? Like he's like, oh, like Pakistani family values are not what you're used to. Um, because she's like, oh, I thought about what if I, you know, met a handsome Pakistani and I married him. And he says, well, Pakistani values are not what you're used to. And then she lists out like these terrible things that the royal family does. And I'm like, like, you know, having to verify that you were a virgin before getting married or like not being allowed to go get education and not being allowed to work. And like all these things that she lists out that are horribly oppressive to yeah. women. And I'm like, what's your point? You want more of that? I'm confused. Or are you saying that that's not the case? Like it was such a bizarre thing for her to say. I was like very offended by it. I wasn't offended by it. I I kind of got because you're not what, a woman. That's why. All right. Um, no, because I don't think it's like the woman part that is offensive. I think it's the culture part that would be offensive. I would think. Um, and you know, I think all she's trying to say is that you know I'm I've already had to sacrifice. Like I understand that Pakistani women within that family structure have to sacrifice some things, right? Um, it is obviously very um, one-sided towards the male in the relationship. And that's not untrue. That is true. Um, I know your experience has been different, but we also know that overall in our culture that that is not the case. Like, you know, it is heavily, unfairly on the man's side. So mm-hmm. I think that's all she's trying to point out. I think the fact that it's a white woman um, who is also wealthy beyond anybody's imagination using her uh, very privileged life um, to kind of compare and contrast against a normal Pakistani girl is yeah. fucking ridiculous, right? Yes. But that's also, you know, you're dealing with a stunted person, I think, in, in that sense. So, Yeah. Do you like Apollo 13? I love Apollo 13. I watch Apollo. So I watched Apollo 13, I think, two times or three times, like back when it was out when it was new and then now i just watch apollo 13 clips sometimes <laughs> i got into like really i got really got into space at some point because uh, that first man movie came out um oh, and then i watched it, like yeah. and then i watched the mini series on hbo which was great from the earth to the moon 
And then watch other is, space movies. Is that a Tom Hanks production? Uh, a vehicle? Apollo 13? Oh. Apollo 13? Is Houston, we have a problem. You don't know Apollo 13? Listen. Wow. Wow. I didn't watch it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, when Real was... Housewives of Salt Lake City was on that day. <laughs> okay, calm down. It was not on in 1993 or 4 whenever this movie came out. 95, yeah. Okay. Uh, secondly, I was 10, so back off. And third, I'm not a space girl. I'm not. <laughs> You're not a space man? I'm not, I'm not a space man. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, but who's in, is it Apollo, is Apollo 13 a Tom Hanks movie or is that a different yeah. Tom Hanks movie? It is, Yeah, right? no, that, that is a Tom Hanks movie where they go up in space and it blows up and then it, they never get to land on the moon and they have to figure out a way to come back. It's very Did good. They, do they make it? <laughs> Spoiler alert, they do make it. <laughs> what? I can't wait to watch this movie. Um, I will say that when I was in Houston uh, last year, we went to like the planetarium and there's like this amazing like planetarium, like, you know, thing that they do where you like sit yeah. there and you look up at the sky and there's like a whole thing. We talk about the galaxies and shit. Tom Hanks narrated it and it was so magical that yeah. I may have teared up. Tom Hanks is obsessed with space. So like that from Earth to the Moon is all Tom Hanks. He like wrote and directed it. Also, it's very good. Are you 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 don't care about the space at all? I, I, no, it's not that I the don't space. care about the space. <laughs> <laughs> you know the you space. Ask, you don't care about the space. <laughs> uh, the fucking space. You know the up there with the fucking blinky blinky stars. And the moon and shit. Uh, you know, twinkle, twinkle. Uh, <laughs> you know, the space no, has I really can't. been... <laughs> the space has really been sullied in like the last four or five years because of these dicks like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Now I hate I the space. I don't care about anything that's going on in the space. <laughs> the space is not a space for me. <laughs> it's not a safe space. Um... You know what's funny? So I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but, you know, my husband has – we have email addresses for the boys. Yeah. And they don't use them. But uh, eventually they will, and my husband likes to write emails to the kids from time to time. Mm-hmm. Very They'll cute. just, like, send – it's very cute. Sometimes it's, like, loving stuff. And other times it's just, like, different discoveries that are happening in science. So, like, today he sent one about some pressures. Yeah. I don't know. Did he share some- it with you? Oh yeah, that's been that's been shared by a number of different people about something about nuclear fusion or something like that. Something that's, like that. Yeah, there's there was some nuclear fusion breakthrough, and people have been forwarding it on the WhatsApp groups and just saying, "Oh, their humanity can be will be saved." And then somebody replies back saying, "Well, it's going to be good for our great grandkids." Uh, spoiler alert: I don't think anybody has read the actual like article. <laughs> I don't think anybody, they just saw the headline and then they just started replying back to it. I Even the person my- that sent it has not read the article, I'm sure. Yeah, my husband did re- read it because then he, in his little email to the boys, he, like, wrote about what it means, which maybe he could have figured out from the headline. I don't trust yeah. him. But anyway, um, <clears throat> my husband loves the space, and he's always no. talking to the kids about the space. And it's just yeah. not something that I, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, cool space. I mean, I believe in space. Oh, good. I, That's good. You're not yeah. a flat earther. Not a flat earther. I believe in space. I think it's really amazing that we're like, you know, just teeny tiny specks and nothing in comparison to the rest of the universe. It's quite amazing. I do love astronomy. So that is the space. (laughs) It's like the least, 
space <laughs> the space discussion there is. My sister-in-law is an astrophysicist and I asked her about astronomy and she's like it's not a thing and i was like are you sure about that she's like yeah it's not like it's like it's not something that we take seriously in science and i was like well, what oh about they the placement don't of- yeah she's like i was like what about the placement of the stars the day i was born and the time and my moon rising whatever and she was like you're just saying words to me i don't know what they mean so anyway that's the only the space that i care about <laughs> she threw her plate of food in your face and walked away that's what she should have done are you saying that because she's Italian and you're comparing her to Teresa Judice? Wow. That's offensive. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I meant because she's a serious person. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're probably right. <laughs> anyway, um, what else happens this episode? Oh, so she finally, she meets with Martin Bashir and she's like, I did think her her conversation with him was like weird, where she's like, "Where are you from?" And then he takes it back. He's, like, I think she's into me. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumbass! Shut up, Martin. Martin Bashir. Martin Bashir took like pride in that the same way. Um, like, remember Christina Hendricks, Joan from yeah. Mad Men? Yeah. Her first husband, or I don't know, her current husband, if you still her, her husband was ha- was half Pakistani. He's half, like, yeah, he's half Pakistani. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you know. That's good. But she would, she loved talking about it. She loved talking about the fact that her husband was half Pakistani. It's like, relax. There's more to us. Okay. Well, we don't care. If it's Christina Hendricks, I do not care how much she (laughs) exoticizes me. (laughs) You would love to be exoticized by Christina Hendricks. She's been a a top girl for you for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Top girl. Wow. You're She's like a madman of- person. <laughs> She's been one of your Danes. She's been one of your Danes for the last 15 years. <laughs> I was going to call her your number one boy, but she's not. She's not your number one boy. <laughs> but she's been up there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she's not on this show. So um, <laughs> besides that, I guess uh, Elizabeth sort of talks to Margaret to see she knows why, uh, she, you know, William might be worried about Diana. And Margaret's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, in some words, basically says, yeah, it's because uh, great people don't get a chance to live like normal human beings in this fucking yeah. institution. Elizabeth, no, but no, I have no idea why she might be sad. Like, Elizabeth, also another idiot that can't read the room. You're asking your sister, <laughs> who's been complaining to you for like 50 fucking years about how miserable she is because of the goddamn crown. Hey, you know why that other woman who lives right next to you might also be miserable? You know, the one who's separating from my son? Yeah. And Margaret's like, I don't know what to tell you, bitch. It's ridiculous. I thought, um, (laughs) you think Margaret, I think she identified a little bit with Diana, right? Obviously Mm -hmm. she did, but I think she was more bound by duty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a generational thing, right? But like Margaret also was pissed. She was pissed. Yeah. She was annoyed. What a stupid question, Lilibet. Anyway, the episode ends with Diana meeting with uh, Martin Bashir and he's like, I'm on your side. Like, you're a liar. How dare you? He's a dick. He's awful. Apparently that Michael Jackson interview was also a bunch of fabrication in that too. 
Oh yeah, so there that videotape was released. I do remember that. So there's, you know, he had the special about Michael Jackson where he pointed out how weird it is that he has these relationship with the kids and obviously it is weird. But Michael Jackson's uh, uh I guess side, they were also videotaping the their entire interactions. Yeah. And uh, in those he talks about when he was actually interviewing him. He was talking about how great he, how great it is, and how he hasn't seen anything that's improper, and that's what he used to get Michael Jackson to open up. And then when his when Martin when Martin Bashir's special came out, he just he, you know he basically just talked about how weird it is without showing like the full like the full interview or whatever. So a terrible watched, person, terrible person. I've watched enough Bravo to know about uh, editing magic, so I know how these fucks work. That's true. Are you interested at all in the uh, Harry Meghan um, Netflix movie? I'm not. I, I may get around to it at some point, but I'm really not. Like I, I hear that there's a lot of like they're, they're pretty open and they're pretty anti uh, the the monarchy, which obviously I root for. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I don't know how much how interested I am in watching them uh, talk about their anxieties and all this other stuff. Because I do believe that that's real, right? I do think that's 100% real. I also know that there's a lot of suffering in the world for people that don't have a $100 million Netflix deal. And again, you know, I'd hate harping on the money stuff, but that's like the money stuff, right? Like the money runs the world. Yeah, your family... yeah, it's a lot, a lot of mortgage payments. That's all I'm gonna say. You, I think you're pretty covered. If you're living in Central Jersey, you're covered for the next uh, couple of months at least. Hundred million dollars. <laughs> Hundred million dollars <laughs> living in North Jersey. <clears throat> that's about a year's worth of taxes. Yeah, you, you got a good six, good. Uh, 12 months. Yeah, you got you got to go to like eighteen months out of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, some of those Target trips may have to be Walmart trips, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this that like. I want to watch it, but I think one thing that is becoming abundantly clear for me as I'm watching some of the clips and stuff that are coming up on Twitter, I'm probably going to watch the whole thing. But um, one thing has become very clear is like they're dorks. Like mm-hmm. Megan and Harry, they're like annoying. They're like yeah. comfortable. They're like annoying. Like I think that if I knew them in real life, I'd be like, oh, God, those two are here again. Like I don't think yeah. that they're necessarily <clears throat> the most interesting people. Um, and I think that's one thing that I'm reminded a lot when I'm watching The Crown and I'm watching like when I just hear, read about the like the royals. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not very cool. <laughs> so uh, do you think that that like the clips that you've seen are they like adorably dorky or are they just boring? I think that they're boring people who have an interesting thing happening to them and that yeah. they're talking about it. You know. I think like everything can be true. Like I can root for them to be open about how terrible the Royals are while also admitting that like if they didn't have this interesting thing going on, I would not care Mm. about them. I do also think that it's fucked up that people are like racist and shit. Like Bethany Frankel is the biggest Meghan Markle hater in the world. It it is the most preposterous thing in the world. Like it's so random. Mm -hmm. But she like takes every opportunity she can to like just talk about her. But like I – I, I'm like really. I think I do think it's really cool. Where like, um, uh, you know, Harry's talking about how his 
wife he and his wife were tortured because they were trying to cover up and distract from like William's lies and William's mm-hmm. betrayal of his wife. Yeah. So I think like that's kind of cool. Like that's that's spilling the tea, if you will. That but, is spilling the tea, yeah. But you know, Harry, you still got that you've got that questionable haircut. I don't know what you you're at, you have a hundred million dollar Netflix deal and sir that hair <laughs> Is a mess. What does that mean? Is that because he's is, is it because he's a ginger? Can I say ginger? No, no you could. It's not because he's a redhead. No disrespect to redheads. It's because it looks unshaped and like it looks like unkempt and it looks mm-hmm. obviously like he's kind of wearing it in a way to cover up likely some receding hair, right? Yeah. But it just looks unconditioned. Like there's no deep conditioner. There's no product. There's no mask. Nobody even ran a comb through that guy. Ah, but I'm sure that that was a look that he was going for to seem normal. Again, that's a thing. You know, that's a thing. Here's where I start to question. Yep. Is anybody even your friend? Is is your wife even your friend? <laughs> letting you show up on television looking like that with that hair? But I'm exactly. going to watch it. So that's the thing, right? I, I think we're both like, ah, they seem kind of annoying now. And... Um, Really, do they have actual problems? Not really, um, because they're pretty well off and they're going to be just fine. Um, The thing is, on the opposite side, it's not just people complaining about them being annoying. There is absolute outright racism against Megan. Yes, of course. Yes. So, and you see how quickly that that stuff kind of happens. Um, And actually, it's going to be, I think it's the next episode or maybe the one after, is when they actually show like the BBC interview. and I, I want to talk about that, obviously, um, in the context of the Meghan Markle interview, because like the fact that, you know, Meghan Markle's interview caused such an uproar where people were complaining about her being disrespectful to the queen and the crown or whatever. It is nothing compared to, you know, the circumstances of Diana's interview. Right. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it's not even close. So I can't wait. That's that's what I want to talk about. Well, yeah, there's a the, there's you know there's them being annoying, and then there's other people thinking that they're racist. Um, I had one more thought about them, and I, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. So it'll that's that's that. Poof! Right up a into poof. the fucking uh, the fucking sky. <laughs> Beepity beep! It's not a big. Beepity beep to the twinkles. Um, I have some questions. I have yes. two questions. Yeah, sure. One is um, that Eaton uh, boarding school. Mm-hmm. Is that something, let's say if you could afford it, uh, all things being equal, it's not like, you know, you don't have to kill yourself to send your kids there. Is that a thing that you're doing? Are you sending your kids to boarding school? I would never send my kids to private school, ever. Yeah. That is something I I'm very much against. I was thinking about it because obviously you make connections, right? Apparently you make connections for life going in there but it seems fucking miserable man it's miserable i just don't believe in this idea that like my child at the age of 13 should be like networking like yeah. that's fucking nuts okay they're 13 <laughs> it's not a big deal yeah. yeah no i would never do that and what else and the, sec- you like the second thing is um if you're dr Hun in 1995 mm-hmm. are you dating diana let's say if you're dr Hun's sister Mm-hmm. Are you dating? Are you telling? Are you advising? Dr. Okay, Han what you're saying is you're Dr. Han and you're asking me 
should I continue to date Princess Diana? Listen, let's not. There's no reason to heteronormative this thing, <laughs> heteronormalize this thing. I'm saying you get a chance. You dating Diana? Of course. You would, right? You tell yeah. Dr. Khan to go for it also? I would, but also like... I also would like need to understand what's happening because I think the other thing that would terrify me also as a as a, a person who shares, uh, you know, um, DNA with people who were colonized mm-hmm. is that I would be like, OK, but like if I say no to you, like, do I die? Like, I would need to know, like, what the terms are of us dating, you know, because yeah. also, again, there's like a power dynamic there, too, yeah. between Mr. Han and Diana. But. Yeah. Yeah, I would date her. I would go on a couple of dates. You know, I'd go see some movies with her and her Uma Thurman wig. And then um, and then I'd be like, hey, I would if I was a Pakistani man, what I do is I'd go on a couple of dates with her and then I'd say, hey, I got to go visit my family. And then I would go visit my family and then I would come back and say, I got married. Sorry. Because <laughs> that's like sort of the M.O. That's for a Pakistani move. guys. Yeah, that move. that's the move. The move is date the white girl and then go and marry a person from your culture. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but I would I would and I would tell everybody. I would tell my whole family that I was dating Princess Diana. Honestly, yeah, she course. shouldn't date me because I would tell too many people. I'm not trustworthy in that way. I love the glory. What way are you trustworthy in? <laughs> Unclear. I do want to tell you one thing, though. I'm yes. into season two of The Sopranos, and I take a lot of problem with you saying that I'm Janice. Okay? Yeah, buddy. It's extremely offensive. How with her yoga? dare you? With her other name, Parvati. How dare you? Okay? Her yoga and her chanting? I don't know. Yes. I kind of see I, The it. only thing I'll take is that she's a pothead, and I will accept that because my... Yeah. Whatever I smoked before is now here, and I'd like to end the episode now. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you are teetering on the edge of the space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the space.